I'll try not to unmute during the countdown this time. Oh, I failed. <laughs> failure, my friend, failure. <laughs> and welcome to the Tech Life number 225. And apparently we're not muting during the the countdown anymore. I didn't know that. But, uh, Patrick has struck well, we mute, again but, but, for the second week in a row. <laughs> <laughs> By pronouncing he was going to be quiet. So uh, we can see where that went. But uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome. Uh, we've got, uh, what is it now? The uh, 20th of October, 2021. Yeah. Uh, show number 225, and uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the quarter uh, that uh, just uh, wrapped up uh, this evening. Uh, there was the earnings call that happened. Joining us, as always, Mr. Casey Green from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? I'm doing quite well. Uh, we've got a full house today in the uh, in the chat room. First in was uh, 010, and uh, then we had... Uh, let's see, Kenny Armour and Hockey Day, not in that order. And then, um, let's see, where'd it go? Hockey Day gave us all the weather so that we don't have to do it ourselves. Nice. <laughs> yes. Very but it's, good. it's been a blast. I, I finally got done some videos for the first time in months. So, like before Tesla updated again on me. So Nice. Get ahead of the yeah. curve. Exactly. Very good. Very good. And also joining us, uh, Mr. Patrick Connor from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Hello, Tesla Nation. If you miss any part of the show, you can just look over my shoulder and see it like on a three-second delay. <laughs> <laughs> Going super meta. So uh, welcome to our collective journey towards a future free from fossil fuels. Getting it in right off the top. Gets it out yes. early. Out front. <laughs> that way we don't forget. <laughs> That's right. Yep. <laughs> Well, our uh, first story of the evening of, is, of course, the uh, uh, quarter three call, the earnings call that uh, just ended, I will note, uh, a little bit early. And there may be a reason for that. And uh, Patrick is going to give us the news. What's happening? That is right. So they released their shareholder newsletter, and then they had the call. And uh, as promised, Elon Musk was not there, which might be partly why they finished a little early. Bingo. <laughs> but his tangents are very entertaining, so uh, yeah. it's it's too bad. So uh, just I'll, I'll read a little bit from the newsletter and then uh, try to summarize an entire hour's call in five minutes. We'll see how far I get. And Mark, feel free to cut me off at any time. You got so, ten minutes, by the way, so oh, you, oh, okay. you can double right. your length. I'll, I'll try. Yeah, cool. I can. Yeah. Um, so operating cash flow minus CapEx was $1.3 billion just in Q3. So their net debt and finance lease repayments of $1.5 billion in Q3. So they paid off a billion and a half in debt. Now, with that, their, their cash and cash equivalents in the bank is only down $164 million. So paid off $100 or 1.5 billion and still have about the same amount of money in the bank. That is, that is awesome. And, and if they don't have debt, then, then it's that less, less interest. And that means they can put their money toward the real things we want, right? Their products, their growth, the, and, and not paying bankers interest. Um, record quarter in many ways. So it was their best ever net income, best operating profit and gross margin. So additionally, they reached an operating margin of 14.6, exceeding their guidance, which they said they expected to be in the low teens now. So they're uh, above that. This is, this is awesome. And the good news just keeps coming. Uh, they've achieved this while they have decreased their average selling price by 6% year over year. And a lot of that is the mix uh, of vehicles they're selling has changed. They're selling a lot more threes and Ys than they are S's and X's, especially during Q3, because those have been uh, coming out with their, their new versions and uh, they weren't high volume. So uh, to the fact that they can sell cheaper cars and, and, and do it profitably, that is good news for all of us. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting is they talked about how there's a structural shift in society 
and uh, some people have called this the awakening or if if you're uh even worse the awakening and uh, they uh have said that uh, that's even taken tesla by surprise that they are um not able to produce enough vehicles there's more demand they are demand uh they're supply constrained and uh the backlogs are continuing to grow they're doing everything they can they're pushing their factories as hard as they can their suppliers as hard as they can and uh they the backlogs continue to grow now we know because we've been uh betting on it which factory is going to open first but uh, certainly over the next year they're going to go from having primarily two factories to four factories so that will help with all of this and uh uh it's just great news for everybody hey jt uh so let's see where else was i uh fremont factories produced more cars in the last 12 months than any other calendar year uh and they believe that they have room to continue to improve that and of course we just talked about the other factories ramping and this is all while they've had semiconductor shortages congestion of ports rolling blackouts all of these things have shut down or impacted their factories prevented them from running at full speed and they're still getting great results that's just their tenacity the the, the engineers they have the problem solving capabilities they have up and down their organization their flexibility their global um supply chains and ingenuity they have there all great news uh, great for the mission that we all want to see achieved okay so that was the newsletter so on to the call so they are ending q3 at a run rate that is uh, greater than a million cars annually so that means next year even if they just continued at the rate they're at right now they would make a million vehicles and we know they're going to grow the two factories they have and start ramping up the two more factories coming online so next year what's it going to be i don't know a million four a million five who knows we'll uh we'll have to start that 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 betting pool in january exactly. <laughs> uh, i think Casey's with, with four hundred thousand for for uh uh shanghai 450,000 plus and five hundred thousand for fremont i think a million is is not unreasonable uh but then you've got two more factories opening up sometime that year right. for, for for sales yeah yeah definitely uh 2022 is going to be a big year for uh, tesla that's for sure so uh, there were a lot of little things that came out during this call and um there's kind of scattered so i'll just go through them in the order they popped up in the meeting 4680 they are currently doing crash tests with these cells in vehicles and so far so good they expect that to all be done by the end of this year. And we know that Tesla safety is one of their number one priorities. And so um, even if they have, you know, high output of batteries, 98% yield or whatever, if, if they have problems in a vehicle crash, that's not, they're going to continue to refine it and make it better. So um, uh, I think the Drew's comment was there are still unknown unknowns, but uh, everything's looking good so far. So one of the questions was about the model next, as we like to call it here. And um, I thought I this also was like a... that they didn't use that model two. Uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> they finally listened to Elon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes, he said, don't call it that. It's not that. So uh, the answer was that there are no solid plans yet. They are self-constrained. They already have products that they need to get out, like the Cybertruck. So um, they're not even thinking about model next at this point which is they need to focus on the things they've already committed to. So I was happy to hear that. Speaking of the Cybertruck, they confirmed that it will have rear wheel steering, which uh, we've heard that rumor. And uh, now it's uh, confirmed by Tesla that it, that is their plan of record. Um, cool features that uh, I don't know if you'll have to have the uh, dual or tri-motor to get it or if it'll be in all of them, but we'll see. Um, when will Tesla hit 20 million units? Uh, that was the next question. Model 3 and Y are on track to be, or already are, the best-selling vehicles in their segments. So one of the questions was, for Tesla to hit this, they're going to have to have far more vehicles. And uh, the question was, well, that might be true for other vehicle manufacturers, and it could also be true for us, but um, that uh, if you're selling three of the best, three or four of the best-selling vehicles, maybe you can get there without it. But of course, they are going to be uh, putting out new vehicles, as we just talked about. 
So, um, and, and when will they get there? Well, they plan on growing 50% annually. So you can do the math from uh, about a, a million this year to when, when does that hit 20 million? And, uh, you know, I don't expect it in 2023, but uh, it, it will get there. Uh, next comment. Okay, so here's one that uh, Twitter's been all abuzz about. Um, the uh, FSD, uh, some government regulators are attacking it. And uh, I, I love this response of uh, the truth will set us free. Tesla's going to be transparent with their data. They make safe vehicles and they have transparency in this data of what are the results when people are using it? What are the results when people are not using it? And um, that, that alone is going to be what allows this to continue. So that was, that was good to hear. Um, next was service and supercharger weights are too long. So a uh, two-part question there. Service, the, the miles driven has ramped up faster after the COVID dip than they expected. And they also think that people have waited for things that needed service that they didn't want to go out of their house because of COVID, that now those are all coming in uh, kind of lumped together. So it's a little bit of a log jam there. But they have grown their service uh, sites by 35% and their mobile fleet by 40%. Uh, the best service is no service. That's the other thing they're doing is they're trying to make their vehicles more reliable so that you don't even have to call service. So every service ticket, they're looking, okay, how did, did we get to this point that it needs this service and how could we have prevented that upstream? Let's try to go put those measures in place. Uh, right. Superchargers. Tesla monitors the wait times at all of their locations. Um, the average congestion has been down over the last 18 months. They have doubled the number of supercharger stations that they have out there over the last year, and they plan to triple it over the next two years. So, I mean, think about how many are out there right now. <laughs> Three times more are coming. So, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's awesome. Um, let's see. Oh, the other things they do, they when they know there are going to be areas of congestion or they've seen a history of congestion and they can't get to it any quickly, they have mobile stations that they can put out, mobile superchargers. And we've seen this during the holidays and uh, during congestion points. They also are now doing off-peak pricing in these highly congested areas. That is to try to spread the load out during the day. And then the other thing they're doing is they're increasing the speed that ve their vehicles can charge at. That makes a better experience for the uh, you when you're on the road doing a road trip. And it also means that you clear that spot out and someone else can use it quicker. So uh, all those things are, are trying, are they're, they're doing what they can to help make it better. Uh, there next was a question about FSD and how has service impacted the, I uh, know, uh, subscription, sorry. How has subscription impacted the take rate? This I thought was interesting. They said that the initial take rate is unchanged. So the people who are buying it and paying for it, that number percentage wise is about the same. And that's because if you if you do that, you can roll it into your financing or it's just a better price long term to not make monthly payments on it if you just buy it outright. But what they have seen is that people who didn't buy it initially are now trying it. So this effectively means that they have a higher take rate for full self-driving by offering this. And that's good news. I was worried that when they offered subscription that they weren't going to uh, continue to offer it um, outright, and they, they are, which is awesome. They did mention that they are considering future price changes, and uh, that one had me uh, worried because uh, I don't plan on buying another Tesla until 2025, and uh, I hope the price is not $100,000 for just FSD then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, $25,000 car. $100,000 FSD. <laughs> One of the other things they mentioned in there is that in the past, Tesla has been a primarily a vehicle company with a little bit of software revenue. They see that changing uh, significantly over time and that instead they are a service and software company that sells their hardware platform for those uh, to run on, which I thought was an interesting mindset change. Um, Sounds like Apple. Yes, right? exactly. Well, That's what. Yes, more like Microsoft. They, they, but yeah, they, they didn't say that. But yeah, it was definitely. Uh, and uh, Apple, if they're selling it just for themselves, 
and Microsoft, if they're selling it for, you know, Dell and Com uh, HP and others also, you know, whatever yeah. those vehicle equivalents would be. Um, there was a question about FSD transferability. And uh, we've heard this question before. We've talked about this one on the show before. Zach Kirkor and the CFO said, well, we don't have it directly, but we do sort of have it in that if you trade in your vehicle to Tesla and it has FSD capabilities, you get credit for that. And then you can use that credit to buy it on your next vehicle or not. That's up to you. And so uh, so you, you are getting your value back out of it if you do a trade in to Tesla. And of course, if you're selling it privately, um, then you can price that in and uh, that's up to you. So uh, that, that's kind of- I'd like to see of... them actually break that out on the, on the quotes and yes. on the, the paperwork, because right now we're taking their word for it. And uh, Russell needs to come in with an allegedly right here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would be cool. Uh, we wouldn't keep asking showed... it if we felt it was fair, yeah. Right, yeah, <laughs> if they literally showed you how much you're getting for that, exactly what dollar amount, um, that would be cool. Um, the next question was about insurance. And I thought this one was really fascinating. They uh, talked about how insurance wasn't something like they that was part of their mission. Their mission is to uh, accelerate the advent of electric vehicles, right? And uh, to, to get people to drive EVs. One of the things that they were hearing from customers is that they are not able to afford the insurance. The insurance rates were significantly higher for Tesla vehicles in some areas with some providers. And so that sort of forced Tesla to get into this. They said that they, they would work really hard to get five or $10 in, in parts uh, or manufacturing reduction out of a vehicle, but then someone might be paying an extra 10 or $30 a month in insurance. And so that if you want to look at the overall ownership experience, Tesla had to get into this um, because that's what it takes to, to get people to buy your vehicles is that they have to be affordable. And that, that includes its fueling and its uh, maintenance and its insurance. That's a significant factor. And uh, so uh, they, they talked about how traditionally insurance is sold based on demographics. What's your zip code? What's your income? What's your age? What's your marital, marital status? And uh, that is the, um, the, the big things that the insurance companies could get. What's your credit score? Whatever else they, they look at. Well, Tesla can look at your actual driving and uh, they've got millions of miles of data collected. They know, okay, here's when a crash happened. Okay, this driver has this sort of history for all the you know factors that are in your safety score. And um, they admitted that the current safety score is not perfect. So uh, um, uh, we've talked about that too, how it, it's more a measure of the area you drive in than your actual driving. But as far as um, crashes, uh, collisions go, that is a factor. Where you drive matters as well. So uh, they're uh, looking at how they can mine this data to improve that over time and, and provide individualized insurance costs and, and also then coach you on how to drive better. Now, this is one thing that, that was interesting. The safety score, they found that people that are opted in and are having their safety scores measured versus the Tesla drivers that haven't have a 30% lower chance of collision. So that's happening right now. If, so if you're trying to get FSD beta. Yeah. So I don't know how long <laughs> this is going to last because people are driving on their best behavior and uh, making sure that they don't have a uh, heartbreaking and close following and, and taking turns too hard where you could, you know, the back end could lose, whatever. So uh, uh, that was that was fascinating to me that uh, right now already they're seeing an improvement just based on this uh, uh, score. Um, Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, Patrick, uh, that covers the the majors. Yep. Do they do they have the ability to settle our bet? Is my question to you. <laughs> what factory between Austin and Berlin does Tesla think is going to open, or did they reveal that? Um, the answer's on my screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Casey wins Shanghai. Shanghai Part Three. They got two parts of Shanghai open. <laughs> And the R&D center before either of your guys' factories. That's true. <laughs> One of the, so they, they talked about the gigafactories uh, multiple times. One of the things I thought was really cool was for both uh, Berlin and Austin is that they bought far more land than they plan on using. And that allows for expansion in the future. 
So that was um, that was a, a really cool thing, and that's exactly what they're running into in Fremont right now. I think um, Elon's quote was, "They're pressing up against the side of the bowl, right?" Yep. So they're they're uh, space constrained, and uh, so so they were smart, and this time around they bought in a place where they can continue to expand. Um, the other thing that they said was that they expect that these factories, even if they produce vehicles this year, they do not expect to sell them this year uh, because homologation and uh, crash testing and other things need to happen before All those vehicles can go to customers. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, they, they want to get a, a significant volume of vehicles out uh, ready before they start shipping in any region so that they can um, schedule their uh, imports from other countries until they're ready to, to, to bring those online. So, uh, uh, no, they didn't settle the bet. They just said, uh, not this year. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Yep. All right. Great pictures well, uh, in the uh, letter there. So if you guys want to check those out. Thank you very much, Patrick. That uh, is a lot of information in a short period of time. Uh, and it's, uh, and there's more details as well. Uh, certainly, uh, if you wish, you can uh, listen, listen to the call again. Uh, it's been recorded and uh, it is accessible if you just do a quick Google search. But uh, with that, we want to move on to a couple other stories that happened during the week. And the one that I wanted to highlight was about the NHTSA. Uh, they're a bit up, upset uh, with Tesla for what they're saying is... Uh, basically avoiding a recall by sending out an over-the-air update. Uh, and uh, this was kind of shocking because, of course, this really highlights the ability that the NHTSA doesn't really understand how the over-the-air update works. Uh, why would you call in a fleet of vehicles to have something updated if, in fact, you could just... Uh, send an update out to the computers of those cars or an update to the software of those cars and correct the issue. Similar to what happened earlier in the Model 3 rollout when they made an adjustment to the braking distance of these cars mm -hmm. by sending out an update. Also, why would you do a recall if there was nothing wrong? Uh, <laughs> well, because right. with, with, with the Model 3... Technically, the Model 3... it could be something wrong, but it has been corrected... In well, a quick and efficient manner, as well, opposed well, like, to a recall, which means every owner has to bring the vehicle back to some place to have it adjusted physically. Well, yeah, like hockey instance, day nailed Model, it here. With the Model 3 brakes, that was an actual recall where they sent out the letters and all the crap, um, but it was a software update to the fleet. Uh, this, as Hockey Day is saying, was, was every car out there right now will run into the side of the cars on the side of the road, except for some Teslas now. Um, mm hmm especially the ones with an ADAS, they all have in their manuals, don't use this uh, in, in conditions X, Y, and Z. Uh, hey, mm -hmm. by the way, it, it's probably going to ignore cars stopped on the side of the road. And mm -hmm. the Tesla was no different. It also had it in its manual, but now the manual says, hey, at night, if it sees flashing lights, it will slow down. That way you know why it's slowing down. So I, I don't see how this was a, a, a flaw that needed recalling. Yes, it was uh, undesirable, and it was now it's now better, but it's not something that needed a recall. I mean, because then you got to right. recall every car out there. Cruise control, no cruise control, drunk driver, straight driver. I mean. <laughs> yeah, like like I, I was kind of alluding to that, that they really don't understand what the options are uh, when right. it comes to a modern EV. They didn't understand that, uh, that you know, whether or not this was an actual um, uh, recallable infraction, and, and we believe certainly it was not, uh, but uh, it, the over-the-air update gives Tesla the flexibility to modify the cars in a quick and efficient manner, uh, thereby helping everyone that has the car in a, in a more timely manner. Uh, yeah. They don't have to uh, take uh, extra time out of their day to uh, do the traditional go to the dealership uh, or the service center and get the car looked at or updated. Uh, it's yeah, something two, that two, two I'm, not sure if, I'm not sure if uh, the NTS, uh, if the NHTSA understands that. Right. Like like with the Ford uh, Sync, you had to bring it into the dealer for them to stick a USB in to fix your head unit. 
But you and I both had Gen 1 volts. They would silently, stealthily just beam stuff down over OnStar to our to our radios if it was something totally within the radio stack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of interesting. And I think there seems to be a bit of a, a bias with the NHTSA. Uh, we'll have to see uh, as their investigation continues if more of this rhetoric comes out of them. But uh, it is kind of disappointing that... Uh, they're not picking up on, you know, what this ability of this, uh, the abilities of this car is when they're investigating it. So I'm just, I'm thinking that, you know, mm-hmm. someone's not really paying a lot of attention over there. Yeah, uh, I like or even like Ken's even hypothesis that just popped up there. Yeah. Uh, or even worse, like you got the, uh, the the new ones that are coming out that uh, they're actively hostile to Tesla. and They don't even know what, what it is they're regulating. They just don't like him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's even worse. A bias yes. uh, that is there for for their own uh, private or lobbyist reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's disappointing to see something like that, and hopefully Absolutely. that will be avoided uh, in the future. But uh, we'll have to uh, keep our eye on it, and uh, maybe we'll have to reach reach out to our representatives if uh, we start to notice that that bias uh, becomes stronger or exists in in other ways. So I, I hope that, like they said on the call today, they just bombard them with facts and truth. And then if they still do the wrong thing, then then it'll be obvious that it was not from a good place. Hopefully yeah, that's enough. There was something on Twitter today that that was upsetting. They, uh, they said something. Uh, this is why I should stay off social media. But uh, <laughs> if, if FSD is taken away that. Uh, there's going to be riots in the street worse than January 6th. And that's just ridiculous. That's not yeah. the case. That, that, that the Tesla Nation is not a bunch of idiots that are going to storm the gates. Uh, instead, Generally. we're going to use facts. We're going to um, persuade. We're going to uh, say, here's the data. We're going to contact our representatives. We're going to do things in a civilized manner, not be a bunch of raving lunatics. So um, we're, the, we're all part of the Tesla community here. If you see stuff like that, let them know that, that that's not cool. They're not representing, the, they're not showing the, the best side of the Tesla community. Um, yeah, t- t- don't be an idiot. Please stop. <laughs> also, humor loses a lot of its uh, impact when you put it into text form, so they might not even realize that they right. are coming Putting off. the laughing so emoji let them know. doesn't, 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 doesn't make it better. Cut it. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, another bit of news: uh, the Tesla app has updated again. Uh, since it's uh, gotten its its new um, new look, uh, there's been a couple of updates already uh, per month, and uh, recently uh, a new version for the iOS uh, package went out. And uh, what it did was, uh, in this uh, case, they discovered that uh, some more uh, widgets were added uh, to the uh, iOS uh, version. Uh, which allowed you to do things like unlock uh, the car door, lock the door, honk the horn, uh, that type of thing. These these action buttons appeared in the widget uh, that you could, in the medium-sized widget, I believe, or the large widget, depending on how you're looking at it. And uh, that would give you that. But what's even more exciting is that in the code, they discovered references to being able to look at the Tesla camera or... Um, century mode uh, aspects of the car. Uh, they even discovered screens uh, that could be used in the future to actually show left and right cameras, uh, front-facing cameras, so you can get a, a view of the car so you know where these images are related to, what camera. So, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of uh, talk about that hidden code that came with the version but, of course, is not activated yet. Uh, these are some things still have to be added for it to be active, but it's very cool to see that uh, being able to be alerted on your phone when, say, Century Mode uh, gets activated and be able to see live video, uh, review a clip or save a clip uh, is going to be very cool uh, from the uh, from the screen of your mobile phone. Yeah, we've been asking for this since before Century Mode was a thing. So this is mm-hmm. cool to see. You'll need car software version 2020.40, and you'll need phone software version uh, 4.2.0, you know, 420, if you will. <laughs> of course. <laughs> There's another new feature that, Casey, you mentioned to, to, yeah. to me. 
that uh, I thought was really cool. So um, if you have uh, solar and batteries, right now you have to sort of um, self-manage that in, in that um, you can put in your um, rate and what time it's at peak and off peak. But I mean, I've got, I, I keep this right here all the time because it, <laughs> it's, it's, it changes depending on right. what time of year it is. And you can see there's two peaks during part of the year and only one peak during the rest of the year. And Tesla software doesn't support the multiple peak thing. But, uh, and there's also the, the list of holidays and it's not the, the ones you would always expect. Some of them are weird where the it's uh, <laughs> off peak all day on these certain holidays, but not other holidays. But um, now they have this cool feature where if you're, I think they support 150 utilities right now and that list is growing. And uh, if you're at one of those, you just put in your utility, they find it, they show you here's the, the uh, plans they offer, you select the rate plan that you're on and boom, they take care of all of that. And uh, that's great because the, the dual peak thing starts here in November 1st. So I need that app <laughs> before November 1st so that the, it can just all automatically happen for me. That's right. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, being able to uh, track that based on your utility is, is fantastic. Right. Uh, another story of interest, uh, Casey, I'm going to bring uh, this one to you early. Uh, okay. You had uh, talked a little bit about what's happening in Las Vegas. Yes. Yes, I did. Wow. Uh, what happens in Vegas stays underground. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've got the text. Now let me bring up the screen. This one was exciting because we'd been speaking for a while now about the uh, the boring loop in Las Vegas. Well, uh, during the earnings call, Elon was busy tweeting, as usual. <laughs> uh, the Vegas loop is expanding. 29 miles now and 51 stations. Up from, was it two miles? And three stations. Yep. Yep. Uh, thanks to the Clark County team for the great partnership. Uh, Clark County gave us a map, so let's uh, click into their tweet and look at their picture. Are you saying that he couldn't stand not being the center of attention for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> so, so in yellow is the existing station, the, uh, the the Las Vegas Convention Center, and in blue is the expansion. Oh and, my, that is yeah. <laughs> huge. That's not just a, a little add-on. That's right. massive. <laughs> and then each of the dots is a station. Uh, you've got, uh, for example, the Thomas Mack Center, uh, Slotzilla, uh, the Mandalay Bay. Uh, and um, so, as usual, there were a bunch of folks on there talking about, oh, well, why not a train? Well, the train has to stop, <laughs> even if only one person's getting off. And um, the ability of this system is, is that uh, somebody can go past you. And, mm -hmm. and that's pretty cool. Or if, you know, if you're getting on uh, down here... Uh, you don't have to take every stop on the way to here. You can just go straight there. <laughs> and right. yeah, it, and, uh, it's it's going to be interesting that like uh, we look at uh, the small Vegas loop as it sits yeah. with uh, you know three stops and two miles. We've got what thirty cars uh, in that loop. Right. I can look at this. So so we've grown to twenty nine miles. Uh, you know, so that's, you know, certainly a magnitude of, of, uh, you know, uh, 15. Uh, right. so just based that on the, on the number of cars, 30 times 15, uh, is, uh, probably a rough estimate as to the number of vehicles that'll be operating in this new expanded 29 miles of, uh, underground tunnels. But, yeah. uh, very cool was, to see to see that uh, Vegas has bought into this completely. It looks like so. The vote there was, was unanimous, unanimous, uh, <laughs> uh, unanimous uh, um, uh, vote to move ahead. And yeah. uh, Clark County is saying this is this is what they want their next transportation system to be. And I'm very encouraged to see that little blue offshoot into McLaren Airport. Uh, yes, so that's yes. going to be a big plus. Uh, and I'm surprised that got by the uh, the taxi commission of Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that is that is a, a big plus having some airport access uh, to and from. The the other bonus to all of this is say this section has the seasonality to it, uh, but the airport is year round. You don't have to spend any time going this way when that's not your place. Right. And you can right. go straight to the airport every time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, 
hats off. Uh, so we're, we're going to be able to see uh, a lot more boring happening uh, <laughs> through uh, the desert. So uh, that's yes. going to be uh, going to be fun to see as uh, stations start to come online. Uh, and as those videos start to come out of uh, them tunneling and, and arriving at different stations, we're going to be able to see, I'm sure, a lot of that because the news media is going to be all over this, I'm sure, after after seeing uh, the first uh, you know, two miles uh, actually complete. I'm sure they're going to be all over this expansion. Yeah, I've heard Vegas called a lot of things, but boring is not one of them. <laughs> Until now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on to some supercharger news. Uh, Kettleman City, uh, yeah. one of the stops between, uh, of course, uh, San Francisco and um, not Las Vegas, but uh, Los Angeles, uh, has, uh, of course, was one of the largest superchargers built uh, in the United States, in North America. And uh, recently, uh, an expansion has been taking place at that particular supercharger. Uh, it has now jumped to, to get this, 96 stalls are now uh, going to be uh, the number at Kettleman City, more than doubling what was there previously. So uh, this is this is kind of amazing. Uh, you know, I understand that that is a huge corridor, the I-5 corridor, traveling between San Francisco and Los Angeles. But uh, just the number of stops that they've put on that I-5 uh, recently like separate supercharger sites, and then expanding Kettleman City to 96 stalls, uh, that uh, is remarkable. That's uh, it's like that's 95 a, is the same. <laughs> just stops <Yeah>. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's a, it's an insane amount at one uh, particular site. But uh, as they mentioned in, in Patrick's uh, walkthrough of the earnings call, they talked about superchargers being monitored uh, for yeah. how many minutes people are plugged in, what what the lineup is, how they're directing and redirecting cars based on busy or non-busy superchargers. So this is all part of their plan uh, to push out a more. Oh, there's there's a picture of uh, who's that's, that? That's Patrick. That's, that's me at Kettleman a, City. At Kettleman City. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, now, Patrick, when there. you go to California, do you always travel with the uh, Tesla T on your shoulder? <laughs> Yes, I want to make sure I represent, and you know, <laughs> I gotta leave it hanging out the window when just I just kind of looks like it's just hanging on his shoulder there. But uh, yeah, that's great. So uh, Kettleman uh, has increased in size dramatically, and uh, that is uh, very cool. Um, they couldn't find and, four more parking spaces. Uh, yeah, they couldn't have made it a hundred. Like, come yeah. on, <laughs> you're so close. You're so close. But uh, another uh, bit of information about superchargers is Elon got to, I don't know if he got tweeted at directly. I think he did. He got tweeted at directly where someone asked him, hey, I'm at a certain supercharger. Uh, I don't have any access to Wi-Fi. Uh, we should have the ability to have Wi-Fi at these superchargers. And, of yeah. course, Elon responded back and reconfirmed that, yes, all superchargers will have Wi-Fi at some point in the future. Uh, they are planning on having every supercharger with Wi-Fi access to Tesla customers. Whether how it's going to be there, we don't know. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that Starlink will probably be employed. To the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's certainly a number of ways that it can be connected. And, of course, some currently uh, businesses that are along the supercharger routes, uh, they are participating and allowing access to Wi-Fi uh, at some of these stops. And uh, it, it's just good to see that uh, Elon hasn't forgot about it. Uh, they're planning on continuing to roll out uh, Wi-Fi to all superchargers at some point. So that was good to hear again. Yeah, the yes. cool thing is they could do that just like like at Kettleman City. When you pull up there, they have um, a little coffee bar area. And on your screen, it pops up the code to get into that building. And um, so they, 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 have, they have some intelligence there. They could do the same thing with the Wi-Fi password. When you're in your vehicle, they, they tell you what it is. So that way they could change it daily. So, you know, someone who walks by there or lives there who's not a Tesla owner can't steal their Wi-Fi. Um, but everybody who pulls up legitimately could actually find out what it is 
They could also Jeez. do like the cars do right now with Tesla service. When you get there, it just connects. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. the car should automatically connect, and and it would be cool if the car just provided a little hotspot for everybody in the car. Right. Or or your app, like hey, you've got so many devices with the app, they just automatically connect to as right. well, just like the phone. To, oh, the car. Bingo. Yep. That yeah. would work very nicely. Yeah. Most owners are going to have that on their phone already, and that makes perfect sense. Yep. Maybe your yep. kid's tablet, you have to put in a password or something. But... Well, you know, there are a couple of people who actually trust the kids to change the music. I don't, I don't know that I would do that, but <laughs> I've seen it done. <laughs> kids have uh, terrible tasting music. Don't do that. They didn't. <laughs> I was a kid once. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Uh, well, I uh, wanted to touch a little bit upon um, FSD beta. And, of course, uh, Casey was our perfect score getter uh, amongst yeah. the group. And uh, wanted to. it's been now, Casey, over a week uh, that you've right. had this. And uh, just wanted to touch a, a little bit upon your uh, experience over the past week. Have you seen any changes? Have you seen? Have you been able to test out a little bit more? What are some of your impressions yeah. after having it for over a week? So I, I just started adding up how many miles I've driven on FSD, and uh, I came to 549.06 before I uh, got put on the spot. So <laughs> at least 550 <laughs> miles on, on FSD that I know of. And uh, it's it's been an experience. Uh, the other day it stopped for pedestrian in the crosswalk, waited for them to cross, and then continued about its way. Awesome. I had my first successful traffic circle on um, Sunday. Those can be tricky. They can be, because in, uh, in Delaware they were... Um, I didn't have any successful ones. <laughs> they were all wrong in different ways. And uh, I had a, another experience where it took over for uh, for Navigate on Autopilot when it kicked out, but another one where uh, it respected Navigate on Autopilot, and, and then I just was kicked into just auto steer. But it highlighted my screen the way my AP1 car did, but the lane was blue, and the only difference was you could actually see all the cars around, which was super weird. And uh, it's been a blast. I mean... It doesn't get everything right, but but the stuff it does get right is is, is incredible. And one, one question we have received uh, a couple times is, after you get admitted to the FSD program, does your safety score go away? It goes away from the app, but uh, if you've got something that can read the API, or if you read the API manually, you can still see your safety score. And so I'm down to a 99. I've got another 800 miles to go to get back to 100, <laughs> uh, just from correcting uh, FSD. Okay. And uh, Derek's asking, is the traffic circle the same as a roundabout? Uh, they are very close to each other, but they're not exactly the same. It's a there matter of implementation. Great Cheddar Explains that talks about exactly. the difference between them and why they're different. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, as, as far as us lay people, they're, they're functionally the same thing. But uh, as, as, as the, the video says, they're, they're not the same thing. <laughs> It's kind of interesting that uh, like the safety score does go away unless you have like a third party ability to look at it through another app. Uh, or but, Tesla uh, Texas Insurance. But is there, yeah, is there uh, <laughs> uh, interesting that um, that uh, I wanted to see, and we'll we'll keep track of this certainly for the audience as, as yeah. Casey has the ability to read it. But it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, if his score does go down somewhat, which is expected, I would believe, because there have been particular instances where you have seen it gone awry. You, you don't want mm -hmm. it to do something. Or uh, we saw that video from you last week where it crossed a number of lanes of traffic yes. to make a right-hand turn <laughs> yes. uh, when, based on the audio that you were talking uh, on the video, you certainly were not expecting that to happen. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was entertaining to watch uh, from my comfy seat at home, but uh, right. I'm sure it was a little bit of white knuckling uh, on your end. Do you know why I pulled you over? You look drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, officer, really, it's my car. It's just my car. It's, it's a my stupid car. driver. My car is a nervous teenager driving. Just, <laughs> but yes. don't worry, I'm 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 supervising. It continues to break traffic rules and norms, uh, and then. Uh, Sunday also we had a case where I ended up running a red light. Um, there was Ooh. a Volkswagen that was pushing me and the light turned yellow and there was no way for me to move back. The light had changed and I was already blocking traffic so I had to vacate the intersection. And then the daggum VW came from off the stop bar where he was blocking me and followed <laughs> me through. Like the light had been stale red by the time he oh, came through. Oh man. Right. <laughs> 
Oh man, yes. terrible, terrible. It, it was. Yeah, it, it, having to. It's it's bad enough that the, the AI system is trying to figure out how to drive. Now you've also got to figure out how to deal with other idiot drivers around you. Yeah, <laughs> I've been beat that four times when it's trying to decide if the lane is clear or not. Uh, and I don't blame it for trying to decide because three of the instances I wasn't ready to go, and so I was very happy that the computer also was not comfortable with with going. <laughs> right, there should be no surprises. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, a, a side note, just to, you put yeah. that uh, message up about Kelly Snyder uh, yeah. asking if her Tesla's here yet. Uh, congratulations <laughs> go up to Kelly and Ryden Snyder, who actually ordered a Model 3. And uh, it's on its way, but it's going to be delayed. As oh. we've heard, uh, there's a lot of people that have done ordering. Uh, as Patrick mentioned in the earnings call, Tesla cannot keep up with the amount of orders that are going in. So... Uh, Congratulations, Kelly. It's going to be a little bit of wait, but trust me, from all three of us, you are going to love it once it arrives. So uh, you may have a bit of a wait, um, but uh, trust us that uh, it's something that is worth the wait. Yeah, and when keep, they call you, you keep for your paper pickup, copy of the fix-it list. <laughs> yeah, Very that's good. good advice from Casey. And, and yeah, so when they call you and say it's available... Get it right away because, uh, as you know, there's a lot of other people who are also late, and uh, they might just sell it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, every, every, everybody on my Sunday show uh, ended up their car got sold to somebody else because they they weren't there the day that Tesla called them, uh, except for except for me, obviously, because I was waiting on my car. It did a, a loop of Alabama for a while, but yeah. So each of them got the call. It's like, oh, I'm out of town. Oh, okay, that's okay. And then their car was gone, and they had to wait another month to get their car. So. <laughs> Be ready to drop everything to go pick it up. Exactly. Right. Be, be or if they offer be to drop ready. in your driveway, just accept. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Casey's got our next story, and it's uh, one about a CCS adapter that yes. many people have been waiting for. Absolutely. Let me find the uh, – there it is. So the Tesla CCS adapter in South Korea, we talked touched on it last week. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's official now, Tesla Charging, which is an official Tesla account. Uh, was tweeting that uh, that it is for sale now in in uh, South Korea, and they said it is coming in the future soon to North America. Uh, I don't know if that's a Tesla soon or an Elon soon. Both are really long. <laughs> and uh... but but it is good to hear because we weren't sure about a North American model. Were they? That's right. Because they made no reference to whether or not it would be the same or if it would work in North America. But at least right. now we know that that's their intent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So hopefully by the time it comes to North America, it works on all the Teslas and not just Model 3 and Model Y. But uh, that is the current requirement. You have to have the right software and you have to obviously buy the adapter. But it is half the price of the Chatamo adapter. Which oh, is nice. good too. Yeah. Yeah. And the Chatamo adapter is no longer listed as not just out of stock, not coming soon, not available, not waiting for restock. It's gone from the Tesla website. So if oh. you go into your app or go to the Tesla website, you cannot buy it. So mine's a collector's edition now, huh? There you go. Correct. <laughs> there you go. You can add it to your list of adapters. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick poll out of the three of us. Is anyone waiting for this CCS adapter? Nope. I'm not. I probably will yep. use it twice, but I do want it for those places where I am uh, off the network or the network is busy. But as we heard on the earnings call, they're going to 3X it, so I might never mm -hmm. use it. Yeah, so we like you said, Casey, we touched on this last week, and, and a friend of mine uh, listened to the show and talked to me. I don't want to dox him, so I'll just right. give his screen name, Groovy Gravy. Um, <laughs> he uh, said uh, he absolutely wants one of these, and uh, shout out to Groovy if you're out there. Um, he uh, has a, a particular drive that he does on a, a few times a year, and uh, there are CCS stations right now available, but um, not Tesla superchargers. And so it, having that adapter would make that drive just a whole lot easier for him. And uh, so, yeah, there are, like I said, there are some use cases where it's great. I don't think I'm going to need it, though. Right. Yeah. It Very looks like good. this for those who don't remember last week. <laughs> That's right. It's it's a more certainly a much more compact design than what uh, the Chatamo was. Uh, right. It uh, just plugs into the existing uh, Tesla charger in the back of your car and gives you that extra large uh plug-in spot for the ccs so right. uh that, uh, that? And, and doesn't have the extra dangling cord uh that the uh that's chatamo had so uh yeah. i think it's a, a much better looking and uh better designed 
and I also understand that based on some material that was obtained for the South Korean one, there is some some talk that it's going to be over 50 uh, kilowatts in charging. This yeah. could be this could be 100 uh, kilowatts 150. or 125. So, 125 uh, for sure, maybe 150. That's, that's not for sure, but right. that's what the tea leaves are showing uh, as people try to read uh, between the lines. Right. And so for our European uh, viewers, this is not exciting, but for our South <laughs> Korean, North American, and Japanese viewers, absolutely, we're looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, so very, very cool that that is on the way. And we'll, again, we'll have to see what the meaning of soon is, but uh, that's, <laughs> Two weeks. that's what we have at this point. <laughs> Next, uh, some very exciting news uh, about some uh, what's on Patrick's T-shirt tonight. The Cybertruck was spotted uh, at a testing facility in California uh, doing some uh, turns and, and driving, and it was ascertained through a, a long-distance lens, and this was a really long-distance lens, uh, that uh, the truck itself was exhibiting the features of rear-wheel uh, steering. Uh, on this particular model, and uh, people could actually pick out that it had side view mirrors. Mm -hmm. Now, there were some people that were expressing disappointment about the Cybertruck showing up with side view mirrors, because at this point, we've only seen the model that has cameras instead of mirrors itself. Mm -hmm. So uh, there were a few people complaining about uh, don't like the side view mirrors, and Elon actually chose one of those and replied back to it to indicate that, unfortunately, the uh, uh, it is required by law at this point. And that is all there is to it. But another piece of information he disclosed was that they've designed the mirrors to be easily removable by the owners. Now, this is really going to get him in good with the people that don't like him uh, in the transportation <laughs> industry. Uh, but uh, that would indicate that if someone could take off their mirrors, I'm wondering if they're indicating that that means that there are cameras behind the mirrors because you wouldn't take away a person's ability to view the side mirrors right, without right. being able to do it somehow. So possibly... This vehicle may have both options, uh, the, the mirror, and if you remove it, maybe that activates the camera side view mirrors. Or so, the cameras uh, could be there all the time. All the time. Uh, yeah. True. Yeah. True. And then the like mirrors the, uh, meet the legal the requirement. Audi or Jaguar. Yeah. Right. And then, yep, and that, then of course, that even Cybertruck. Makes better sense. Yeah. Cybertruck already has a digital rear view mirror, much like the optional one in the Bolt and some Cadillacs. So it should be very straightforward for them to add two more camera views. Right, mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, of course, uh, the the Cybertruck comes with a it's a 17 inch screen, I believe, on mm -hmm. the inside. Uh, so it's got a little more room for those side mirrors to appear somewhere on that screen, I would think. Uh, do you guys think that they would they would add camera uh, screens to the doors themselves, so you'd be looking at a monitor where the the screen, uh, the the mirror typically would sit, or do you think that's, that's how too Audi much? and and Aptera did it? And I do like yep. that 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 method. Um, as long as it's not looking over to the center of the car to look left, that that or or in in America, and then you know elsewhere to the center of the car to look right would be yeah. also weird for them. Because so I believe like, we have not seen a mock up of this from Tesla themselves for any vehicle as of yet. So uh, where those where those uh, side view mirrors are going to be displayed is is up for grabs at this point. We really don't yeah. know. And I think Audi is the same way. It actually ships with the mirror caps on, and then you can take them off. Or if they get damaged, you can just choose not to replace them. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. So uh, the Aptera like, is... Bought their vehicle with it and went out to it with a bat and went smash, smash. All oh, these don't right. work anymore. <laughs> right, and then the Aptera. I mean, we'll take them off. Yeah, exactly. The Aptera is technically a motorcycle, so it's exempt. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, Jeep owners do it all the time. You're right because they got to be able to fit through the trails. So Aptera least, initially you only had one. The initial Aptera did have mirrors, but the mm -hmm. current design is cameras only. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, it was it was great to see that uh, someone spotted uh, the truck. And again, uh, in the uh, quarterly earnings call today, 
there was some talk about Cybertruck testing. Somebody wanted to uh, see the Cybertruck uh, for the, the modifications that have made to the vehicle. And uh, they, they skillfully sidestepped that question and basically said, the, the vehicle will be produced in late next year. And that yeah. was the, the, the production of the vehicle starts then. And, and that was basically the answer. So uh, there was no, uh, no early uh, unveiling of, uh, of, of, this, of the uh, newer Cybertruck and its modifications. <laughs> Although they did touch on a few things that it had, like the steering and, of course, uh, some, some smaller internal features. I think I think that's a case of you go first uh, because you've got all the competitors launching their trucks and it's a lot harder for them to, to add it in the middle of the model year based on the way they run than, than it is for them to put their truck out and test to go, oh, by the way, we've got all this stuff that, that costs extra or that isn't even available on the, on the competition. Right, right. Yeah. And that's, that's another point is that the uh, Tesla website has been updated if you're now yes. ordering a Cybertruck. Uh, there's a no modification price. to it that there's there's no price, there's no, no ability to lock in <laughs> options or pick a type. It's just mm, yeah. I'd like to put down a hundred bucks on a Cybertruck, and that's the only thing you get to choose. Uh, yeah, so, which is too bad because uh, you were able to lock in the FSD price, and as I mentioned yeah. earlier, they might be changing it. Uh, so yeah, you're, uh, we we say it all the time on this show. If you see something you like, don't hesitate because things can change tomorrow. Here's a perfect right. example. They changed. Once you get that reservation uh, number, you're locked in, and whatever you've ordered uh, is it will be honored by Tesla. But uh, you're right. If you wait and sit on the sidelines, things could change overnight, and you may miss the chance uh, that you wanted. So, if you're happy with it, make that choice. Make that jump right at that point. Yep. Very good. Well. Um, Let's uh, go to shout-outs, and uh, let's start with Patrick tonight. Anything uh, is happening in your world, Patrick, that you wanted to share? Yeah, so um, I uh, blog at carswithcores.net, and my current article is uh, titled Hoverboards Don't Hover, Sea Monkeys Aren't Monkeys, Tesla's Full Self-Driving Doesn't Fully Self-Drive, and It Doesn't Matter. So, uh, yeah, it... it, it um, uh, I think all the uh, regulators who are going after Tesla should read it so they understand what's what and uh, what the real goal here is and, and how that's being achieved safely and yet still getting to the goal. Right now, if you look at how many people die every year in, in auto accidents, it's, it's a horrible number. And the best crash is no crash. And that's what this gets us to. So uh, any time that they are trying to slow that down, through ways to allow others to catch up or whatever, and not from real safety reasons, they are effectively killing people. So uh, it, it, it's it's a real problem, and uh, and, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that there are many companies working on it, and uh, it can't get here soon enough, whether that's Tesla or anybody else, uh, that, that'll be a great day where uh, cars can safely drive themselves. So that's the carswithcords.net. And as always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. Thanks. Words of wisdom tonight. Sea monkeys are not monkeys. So <laughs> just remember that. Just remember that. Yeah, you learned something. Fantastic today. title, as, as always, Patrick. Uh, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up on the show. And uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed because it isn't getting any cheaper. It's free. So uh, you can't lose there. But uh, Casey, what do you got going on? I know you got some videos happening that you just released. I sure do. Absolutely. So uh, for those folks who have a 99 safety score or higher, uh, if you got it higher, then you might have just got a download to your car very recently. But if you have a 99 on Friday, an Elon Friday, uh, we're going to have a download of the next version of FSD. Which, Tesla which FSD. of course means Tuesday, right? <laughs> which, means, which means hopefully Saturday morning, assuming that there's no more glitches in the delivery. But uh, uh, that will be FSD version 10.3. But uh, over on my channel, youtube.com slash Green, I've got a trio of videos for you. Uh, as the one that Mark talked about with my wife was recording while we were live streaming our, our first day with, with FSD, then uh, I recently put out a trip just to Best Buy to see how it behaved. And in about 15 minutes, there's a uh, video coming up again on youtube.com slash Green where 
I spend the entire morning in the rain with FSD driving across Northern Virginia in various conditions. And the car does some incredible things. So I'd appreciate it if you checked it out in 15 minutes. Very good. We've got the, we've got the watch on you, Casey. So uh, we'll you. be watching for that drop. <laughs> thank you very much. And uh, we would like to thank you out there for watching uh, this evening. Again, give us that thumbs up if you haven't done it already. And uh, tune in next week. And together, we will find out what's happening in the Tesla life. Good night, everybody. Have yourselves a great week. Stay positive. Test negative. Thanks, Lee Moon, for this music. <laughs>